Welcome back to the Preacher's Kids podcast with Eli Blevins and John Groves. The PK podcast is sponsored by the MI Agency, connecting excellent speakers and worship leaders with excellent platforms. Check them out at the MIAgency.com. Today, we're picking up where we left off in our interview with Colby Koloff. She was on the show, The Preacher's Daughter, so she has a little bit to say about that fishbowl life. But she's also bringing to us a word on living a faith-filled life as a Christian and as a preacher's kid. Speaking of shining, um, you might not know, but Colby is kind of a star. Um, she, you know, she's all modest, like, oh, no, but you can pay me later, you know. Um, but as PKs, we talk about, Eli and I have talked about the fishbowl life living a life where everyone is watching you and judging every decision that you make and every word that you say, Colby, you have a unique experience where you took this philosophical fishbowl and really lived it out. You were on a TV show literally called The Preacher's Daughters. I got to know what that was like. How, how did that happen? And like, what, what happened through that process where you were living out the fishbowl literally on television? Oh man, how it happened was honestly <laughs> bizarre. Um, I so I am a sports girl as far as like playing wise. Um, I played basketball for twelve years. Like my three oldest sisters were all cheerleaders. Like they were they were the it girls. That was not my story. <laughs> and for whatever reason, my sophomore year of high school, I was like, I'm gonna try to be a cheerleading it girl. I did not make it because my limbs were not meant to do a herky. Um, so that, so I tried out, didn't make it. It was kind of bummed because I'm like, wow, I suck. And, um, and so my mom at the time had a radio show and she was in this Facebook group and, um, and it was just kind of like an entertainment face. I mean, it was like a smaller town one. So, but somehow one of the casting directors for Preacher's Daughters um, got in there and was like, hey, we're looking to interview uh, daughters ages 15 to 19 if you or your husband are pastors. You know, my mom was being really sweet and thoughtful and was like, oh man, she's bummed she didn't make cheerleading. Like, should let her, let her do like a cool interview for what it's like to be a Preacher's Daughter. Had no idea that it was for a show. Um, and so I came home from school and she was like, hey, I have something. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You know, and, um, and so ended up doing that interview and then we found out at the very end like just so you know this is for a reality show and we were like what <laughs> like had no idea um and so after tons of interviews you know they say they probably go through like a hundred thousand or more families that they they flush through um after like our third interview they were like hey we we've already shown you to the producers and the you know the high up people and we would like you to be on the show and so my whole family was just like, well, we're either all in it or we're all out because um, we're not going to do it and somebody not be involved. And so we all were like, OK, um, you know, and so basically the premise of the show was it, it followed me one um, like 16 or 17 year old in Chicago and then one 19 year old in California. And none of us interacted. We all had, you know, just our storylines. Um, and it just followed our lives as pastor's kids. And we all had very different, like I was the divorcee, like Southern belle, goody two shoes, who had never had a boyfriend. And, you know, the girl in Chicago was like 
kind of going through some stuff and um, was rebelling a bit, but you know, her parents and her were trying to work through that. And the girl in California had like had a wild stage actually, you know, got pregnant when she was on drugs and then like had a beautiful come back to the Lord story. So it just followed us and showed the intimate details of what it is like to just walk day by day as a pastor's kid. Day by day as a PK. It was, it was a beautiful little, little, uh, subtitle on the show it was awesome yeah did you learn anything about your life while it was being filmed like oh heck i didn't know that was true but that for sure is um i knew this was true but i relearned uh that we are loud in my family um i i love it it's all i've ever known but there's five women um, there's now three brother-in-laws uh, and eight children, but then it was just us five. And, um, you know, my dad would come in and out and some of the husbands, but, um, <laughs> I relearned that, man, you, people would be like, how did you film? I'm like, put five women in a room, put a topic in the center of the table. Trust me, you will get enough TV for a year from us. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you bring that up because There's an element of like PK in this where, at least for me, sometimes my dad had a hard time turning his preacher off or like the ladies in our family that were, you know, married to these pastors had a hard time turning their, you know, first lady off. It was like everywhere they went, they were uh, really authoritative and felt like they had to be the hosts and life of the party and tell their stupid preacher jokes and whatever. And I remember that being a struggle for me, like growing up. Okay. Nobody is here. We don't have to live by that rule right now. You know, nobody's here. You can calm down. Like, I think that my, from my dad to my great grandparents, they had like a uniform that they mowed the grass in because they were so like, had to be pastor, preacher, all the time like we were being filmed like did, did did you did you see any of that where you're like okay come on I know we're in ministry but like let's let's calm down a little bit honestly I think we had to remember to turn the Christian on sometimes because we would be arguing or fighting or someone's flicking someone off and it's like hey we gotta we gotta represent we gotta represent like remember we have to put the mask on and so I honestly think we fell into that now I'll say um me being you know 15 when we started um I had just started like dating I had been to like my first party while that stuff's going on and I was really like the goody goody southern belle and um on tv but then i'm like wait the guy that i like is you know is only hangs out at parties and my deal drugs on the side i found out like you know whatever um and so it's like split personality which i think so many pastors kids go through is the split personality and i think that the show's initial goal was to try and make it look like preachers girls gone wild um now they may have gotten five percent of that from different storylines but for the most part at least on the first season on the first season definitely not the second um they they really weren't able to get that because it was 
people who were desperately trying to not live this split personality life because we were all suffocating from it. Uh, all of us. And one suffocated to the point where she just partied so much and got so lost that she got pregnant, you know, at, at six, 17, like in the midst of it. And one was also going through it. And I was too, but not on the camera. I was behind closed doors. Um, so nobody knew at all, not even really my parents. And so, um, I found that more to be the case of like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I have to turn, I have to turn the Christian on because it's, you're either one or the other, right? You either are living in the world or you're not at all. Or like, it's just, um, I think I, I at least personally struggled way more with, with that than I did the, okay, let's, let's turn off the, the Christian cliche answers. And it's more like, okay, hey, we should actually probably go to God, um, you know, in a healthy way. So um, that was actually, that was kind of my experience a lot more with that. I think Eli's probably got a sermon for us on that right now. Like, what does it look like and what are the benefits of not wearing the, the masks? What does it look like to be consistent on and off the platform, in and out of the church building, on or off the camera? Can you encourage us in that? Because I think a lot of PKs out there are going like, well, I have to pretend to be something that I'm not in front of certain people. Um, and, and I'm not advocating for the PK who is not following Christ, who's like, I'm just going to be me no matter what it does to my parents. Uh, not, not for that at all. But there is something to being consistent in who you are that is spiritual and that is helps you be psychologically healthy as well. So preach to us for a second, Bishop. <laughs> Bishop. Well, one thing that was, I don't know if it just, you know, maybe made it like a certain impact on me. And I didn't even really know that I did maybe is that every time I left the house, my dad would look at me and he would say, you know who you are. And I knew when he said that, I know he wasn't meaning like, don't forget your name. There was one time on a test I wrote, my name's E-L-I, and I wrote E-I on it. So I know he wasn't talking about that. I know he was meaning um, Europe Blevins. What we represent is this. You know, we represent Jesus everywhere we go. We're a joyful family, and we produce hope every single place that we go. And that's who you are. Even in times for me, wherever, honestly, let's be honest, I was a terrible student, terrible, got terrible grades. Sports was my idol, and then probably Jesus in high school, and then like my friends, you know, it kind of went that way. and. Um, so even though in those situations where, you know, it's like, you may not graduate high school because you play too much soccer, um, kind of deal. It was still like, we're here for you. Remember who you are. Like every day is a new day. Just wake up better than you were yesterday and everything will kind of work itself out. And so I think having that like this almost overly positive like personality, I think it made me, well, it, sometimes it kind of made me jaded. Like I just wanted to like throw something like, why can't you guys get mad? Like, I want you guys to get mad at me. Um, but then as an adult now, looking back, I'm like, I'm so glad they did that. I'm so glad they weren't the first to, you know, throw stones at me. There was a, a soccer game that I remember playing at. And uh, I had honestly had my worst game ever. And I'm ultra competitive. So, like, for me, this was a big deal. Like, I remember this moment my dad's preached about before. Like, this happened. And I just remember him saying, Eli, like, you played an amazing game out there. You were the best one out there. And I took my Gatorade bottle and all 80 pounds of me just threw that thing on the ground and was like, why won't you ever tell me something I do wrong? And I think a little bit of that was kind of me realizing, you know, who I am. I am part of a family that is just going to be positive, but they're going to put me, you know, above so many things. And 
it was super encouraging for me. And that wasn't always like the case. It wasn't always like, you're the best. Like if I got in trouble, obviously it was, you got in trouble, but it never became like this, like mask or facade that like I had to put on and off. Like when I would get in the car, it was a completely different Eli than whenever I was there. Whenever I was at high school, I was a different person. And, and maybe just because a lot of my friends came to church with me so they, they could see that. And maybe because our house was a revolving door. I mean, I think I remember one time we had 13 people that had our house key just because they were always there hanging out. And so I think it was just a revolving So everyone just kind of knew us anyway. So it never had to be a mask. And so I think on that perspective, again, I'm very much so an anomaly. I realize that. Um, but maybe you're listening right now. Maybe you are 13, 14, 15 years old, and you're going to be a, in you know, a position of ministry one day. Maybe you're going, you know what, maybe I do want to be positive. Maybe I do want to have that environment one day, and I don't want to be like whatever my parents were. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to. You should, but maybe you don't. Create that environment everywhere you go that people don't have to wear masks around you. Whether it's just your friends that you're influencing, like just kind of create that culture if you can. Um, I saw it happen in my life, and I think now it's you know been able to play out in my life and in my family and my wife as well. Like we just try to have such an open, you know, just kind of open communication across all borders and makes things a lot easier. I didn't have a camera following me. The only camera I really had was you know like the dad VHS camera that they like run down the sideline with. Like this thing's like you know three feet big and weighs 60 pounds and you know that's like the only camera I had following me around and so um even then like I no one really had iPhones even to like take Instagram stories on you know so it was different and I'm thankful for different sometimes I kind of wish I had seen the other perspective of it where it was like you gotta do this you gotta do this sometimes I may have I don't want to say wish I had that but I would like to have seen that perspective of it too maybe but um I know that can also cause you know so you know, downfalls as well. So yeah, here's my tangent. Sorry, you probably got more than you asked. <laughs> what we're trying to tell you, whoever you are that's listening, is that it's okay to be you, that God created you to be you. He created you to be you all the time. And whatever your environment is, whether you come from uh, a, a more negatively focused or positively focused, whether you come from a a double standard or a universal standard, whether you come from something in the middle that we don't have the time to name, God created you to be you. And it's a privilege to get to be a kid that is being raised up in the ministry, no matter where you come from. So Colby, with that, we're getting ready to close this episode. And so this is where we like to just open it up and say, maybe, and I don't want to give you a specific number because you you might have two, but if you had like, three or four or less things that you wish you would have known as a PK that you could just encourage. I just picture when I'm recording this podcast, I picture me at the age of 13 and 14. I want to encourage all of the guys out there that are where I was. And I know Eli does the same thing. So if you could think back to what teenage PK Colby needed to hear that she didn't. Could you just speak to her? Because I know she's out there listening to this podcast somewhere around the world. Yes. Um, I have, I have so many, um, things, some one liners, some deeper. And so I'll kind of spitfire between the two. Um, I would say one, the first like big thing is, um, you do not need to create your own testimony. Um, And as weird as that sounds, I have heard, and not just pastor's kids, I've heard Christian kids say, well, I can use this for my testimony if 
I do go to this party. I can use it for my testimony if I have sex with them. I can use it for my, and I remember falling into that of like, oh, should I use this for my testimony? No, your testimony is that God saved you, um, and that's enough. Like, Eli, I think it's so beautiful that, that, yeah, you might not have had some type of these, you know, rocky bumps in the roads in specific areas. You obviously, because it's life, had some at some point and there are things, but yeah, oh, you yeah. did it with your parents because, because oh, yeah. you weren't meant to, because God didn't, God didn't see fit for that, for developing Eli. Sure, he sure. knew that what you got was exactly what you needed for your good and his glory. And so, um, and so I just, I think that's one big thing is you do not need to create your own testimony. God saved you. That is enough. Like that is good. If you never get a scratch on your knee, you did not miss out. Um, as far as the person who got hit by a train, like you're fine. And so I think that's one big thing just for Christians in general, even older ones. I still know 25, 30 year olds who are like, use it for my testimony. I'm like, grow, bro, bro, grow up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's one big thing is you don't need to try and write your own testimony. That's just an excuse to live in sin. Um, and God does not deem that righteous. So don't do that. Um, I would say a second thing is, um, oh, man, read your Bible. Read your Bible. You, like, read it. I, I don't care if you're 12. I don't care if you're 29. I don't care if you're 102. Read your Bible. Um, I can genuinely say that that is what saved me. I still made so many mistakes and still did a lot of things I wish I didn't do. Um, but there are still a lot of things that God protected me from solely because I was in his word, even if it was in small doses. Um, but fall in love with the word. Uh, it, you do not have to, you don't need to wait until you're older to take your faith seriously, go throughout scripture. And it says, no, in your youth, take it seriously, um, to push you forward, uh, when you are an adult and when you're in those positions of authority that you've already had the foundation built. Um, so whatever age you are, please read your word, um, and just know it. And what you don't know, ask, it's okay to ask okay to go what the heck does this mean and find people you can trust um that i have one other thing that i was like oh man um oh gosh i don't know i just oh yes here well it kind of goes with the the don't write your own testimony um but wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be um and that that does not give you an excuse to go live in sin that does not give you an excuse to not pursue God. That does not give you an excuse to hate your parents or whatever it might be. Um, if you've gone through a lot of hardships and you have feelings of, you know, frustration or anger or questions or whatever, that's understandable, but is not justifiable to hold on to it. Um, and so really really ask God for eyes to see and be able to recognize that where you are is exactly where you are supposed to be. Um, and that he is working all of these things together, that he disciplines those that he loves. If you're being disciplined, it's because he loves you. So rejoice in it. <laughs> like he prunes those that he loves so that he can produce more fruit, um, and not dead fruit. So, um, yeah. And, and honestly, even in all the crap and the, the stuff that I, you know, experienced or saw or the things that my parents didn't do right. Um, they are still our parents 
And the Bible is so clear. We are called to honor and love them. And sometimes it looks like doing it from afar. Um, now obviously, if you're a teen, you're not doing that when you're living with them. But um, even in your heart and in your mind, if there is bitterness, anger, rage, frustration, sadness, like take it before the Lord. Um, he, he is comfort. He is redemption. Um, he is a father. Um, he is a nurturer. Uh, and so those things that maybe you're not getting from your parents, understand that he is perfect and God can supply all of those things. And then ask him for eyes to see your parents, how he does, um, because we're not called to live with frustration, with anger, um, towards them, because even in their shortcomings, um, whether really extreme or, or just minuscule, um, they still are owed every ounce of forgiveness because you yourself were forgiven by Christ. Um, and, and then maybe a one-liner. Okay. I know I said three, but, um, is if you are bitter and angry against God and against the church, know this, um, when you get food poisoning, you do not stop eating for the rest of your life. Um, you stay away from that food. And so, um, having a bad experience with, with, uh, people in church having a bad experience as a PK um, does not give you the right to just throw away God altogether uh, because you're still going to eat food if you get poisoning. So you still go to the Lord and you go, okay, show me in this what was of you and what was not and help me sift it. Um, and so, yeah, so that's it. <laughs> that's amazing. You just like had so many mic drops there. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, I do have a question for you. Um, if I'm, you know, maybe, you know, a teenager right now and, you know, kind of, I see so much of, you know, either my parents talking on stage or I'm in small group or by or youth group. Um, but I don't know how to make this kind of relationship my own. How would you say for them to start off reading their Bible? Um, is there anything, you know, I know we have their apps on our phones now, but maybe just talk them through that process of them maybe starting off this Bible reading on their own. Yeah. So um, in case whoever's listening doesn't know, so it takes 21 days to form a habit. Okay. It takes seven days to break it. So when you think about that, you're like, Oh, wow. Better get in the gym tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I have been suggesting people, Hey, start in the book of John. It's 21 chapters, read one chapter a day. Um, I think me growing up, I dealt with this a lot of seeing this big book and I'm like, oh my gosh, do I start in Genesis and just go all the way through to Revelation? It's like, um, the Bible is not meant for uh, me to come and be like, okay, let me just sift through and figure out what I can use to apply to my life. No, 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 no. It's, it is to be led by the Lord um, and to not be overwhelming, but to be, to put you in beautiful dependence on God to do to do everything. He's in control of it. So, um, I would say start in John and take a chapter a day, take 20, 30 minutes to sit and, and read through the scripture and, uh, and just journal your thoughts, journal questions you have, just, um, just journal what you're feeling. Just, just journal and talk to the Lord. Um, so that you break down this wall of being, uh, maybe too, too scared to, and too intimidated to actually approach him. Um, so maybe come as Jesus did in the garden of, uh, he came to him as his father, Lord, please take this cup from me because I don't want this. Um, but then he followed up remembering that God is still king. And he said, but your will be done, not mine. So um, just come before God with that level of humility of, 
Lord, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. God, your will be done, not mine. You are sovereign and you reign. Um, so just practically start in John chapter day, build that 21 day habit, then go through the gospels. There are really good plans out there. The Bible project is an incredible resource to like visually help you understand scripture better and see it. Um, don't use that as your end all be all. I'm a firm believer that you need scripture. Um, devotionals and those things are great tools, uh, but they, but they are tools. They're not the actual thing itself. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing on that. You just absolutely crushed it there on those tips too. I was even thinking back at 12, 13, 14 years old myself, and I would have needed every single, you know, one of those. And so thank you so much for, for that. You absolutely gave some incredible wisdom. So thank you for that. Yeah. That is so good. Well, thank you again for tuning in to the Preacher's Kids podcast. We're going to link to uh, some of Colby's socials in the show notes, as well as the Bible Project and anything else that she sends us. So be sure to swipe up. Uh, Eli, you have anything to bless us with today? Love you guys. You guys, every single person listening is a gift to the world. So thank you so much for taking the time even just to listen to us crazy preacher's kids out here. Um, thank you so much for doing that. Amen. We love you. We love you all. Well, once again, this episode is brought to you by Kentucky Fried Chicken, because if we ain't eating, we ain't meeting. Our beautiful buckets can be used for holding Sunday school crayons or outdoor offerings. Don't risk it with the casserole or if you can have chicken from the colonel. Thank you so much for listening to the Preacher's Kid podcast. We'll see you again next time. Thanks so much again for listening to the Preacher's Kids podcast. And if today's episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to rate and review the podcast or share this episode with a friend. Take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story and tag us at those preachers kids. And if you're not part of the Preacher's Kid Network Facebook group, see the link in the description and we'd love to connect with you there. We'll see you next time.